Welcome once again to another wacky and zany episode of Indie Comics. I am your host, Jeff, and I'm pretty sure you've heard me a time or two on the Grand Geek Gathering Network, on many a spot, and any of the other shows you have had the pleasure of listening to. Today is June 24th, 2015. Let's start with introductions. This is Tyler. And, of course, this is Jeff right here. (laughs) Now, without further ado, let us broaden your horizons now when visiting your local comic book store with another dose of Selected Comics for the week of June 24th, 2015. Now, from Avatar Press, we have Cross Badlands number 79 by Kieran Gillen and Rafa Ortiz. And no, that is not Karen Gillen, as some people have tried to put on me before, but... It is Kieran Gillen, and he is a good comic books writer. He did Iron Man when the reboot Marvel Now came out, so he is known for that as well as many other works that he has done. And let's see, we have uh, from Dynamite, we have the Shadow Number 100 landmark issue with Howard Shakin doing both the interior design artwork as well as the actual script. For IDW, we have Dead Squad Ayala Tal Number 1, which is a one-shot written by Matthew Fetterman, and the artwork is done by Netho Diaz. For Valiant, we have Ninjak Number 4 by Matt Kent and Marguerite Savage. And from Zenoscope, we have Grim Fairy Tales Little Mermaid Number 5 of a five-issue miniseries, with Meredith Finch doing the interior storyline and TBD doing the actual interior artwork. So there are some selected picks of the week. Go to your comic book shop. Make sure that you're not looking specifically at the Marvel or the DC racks because you won't find those there. Go to your independent comic book label racks, and that is where you are going to find these wonderful pieces that I have talked about. Now, let's go to the Blast from the Past, reviewing an oldie but a goodie. And the one that I have picked for this week is Gold Digger, which is a comic book series written by artist and writer Fred Perry for Antarctic Comics. It started in July 1999, and it is still going on right now. It has not broken its numbering. Now, it has been running for 223 issues strong so far, and it's significant for the fact that Perry, the writer, has done both the written script and the artwork for the series since issue one. Holy crap. That, that, is, that is a lot of work. That does not happen often that at does, all. That barely happens at all. In fact, it only happens among manga artists, which is another thing that is good about this book. It is done in the manga style, and that's partially why I picked it for you for this week, was because I knew you would be interested in it. Absolutely. Oh, I love manga. Are we going to see a lot of manga artists on the show? Oh, I definitely plan to include them every so often when, when I do that, especially for something like this, because yeah. this is an excellent book. And it is highly recommended. Now, a, oh, a lot ahead. of the uh, big manga uh, series out there actually have a lot of people who have other people helping out with the art because there's so much stress. I read this manga series called Bakuman, and it goes okay, into Bakuman, this whole world. Okay. And it's one of my favorites, and it's just this good eye-opening uh, manga. It's amazing that this, that uh, Fred Perry has been doing all of the art since number one. All of the art and the writing. I mean, and the he's writing. Do, I mean, he's doing two things at once. I mean, in a day and age in which you have multiple writers and artists usually having a run on a comic and then stopping and then having it someone else or even substituting, he has had none of that oh, since, yeah. it, since, since issue one, which was way back in July 1999. It's almost celebrating its 16th anniversary as a book. Jeez. I mean, that is a long run in a nowadays where you, ha- you have most ongoings can't even make it past issue 30 nowadays. <laughs> Or even issue 50. Yeah, exactly. Especially for an independent comic. Exactly. For an independent label, this is striking. 
This on top of the fact that no other artist or writer has penned the series since the start. And it's renowned, like I said, for its manga style of artwork in which you see nowadays a lot of, especially independent labels, doing their typical American style of comics. This stands out as a very important manga style piece, which is really saying something. Perry himself has described this as a mixture of Final Fantasy meets Indiana Jones. It self-centers on the adventures and exploits of an intellectual renaissance woman by the name of Gina Babbitt Diggers and her extended family. By extended family, we're talking like students of hers because she is an archaeologist, but she also apparently has an anthropomorphic cat-like sister that's adopted, and she has many followers. So that's what we talk about when we look at extended family. In addition, it meshes archaeological adventures with time travel, with science fiction, and a wide array of characters definitely replete with variety for the hardcore or even the casual reader for that matter. I mean, there is something for everybody with this book. I mean, it does not disappoint. It is. It reaches out to so many people that are that would be a target audience. This sounds exactly like something I would read. Well, you're just into it because I mentioned Final Fantasy, and then you yeah, know that's much. you know that's where the whole Kingdom Hearts thing comes comes in. Of which, if I'm not mistaken, at least in one page of the go- I think there is a cultural reference to Kingdom Hearts in, in, really? in the actual book. If I'm not mistaken, well, I am completely sold now. Oh, of course you're sold out. Anything Kingdom <laughs> Hearts? That's pretty much what Tyler's thing is, ladies and gentlemen. So that's what you have. I won't deny it. Now, the book, Gold Diggers, is known for its extended uses of pop cultural references throughout the narrative, very similar almost to how Family Guy uses cultural references, or even South Park for that matter, and it, you know, it uses it as a means of entertainment as well as a little bit of uh, comedy for that matter, and it's definitely known for its use of cheesecake slash beefcake artistic style. That's obviously what Fred Perry is looking for, and it really, I think it makes for an effective storyline. As well as definitely pleasing to the eye if you're more in it for the artwork. Well, I looked at a lot of the artwork and I love it. I love the artwork. Isn't it just great? Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty much, I mean, if anything, it's looking like at a female Indiana Jones, but with more spunk. Now, an interesting tidbit is that if one adds up the current series combined with all of its annuals, all of its one-shots, and its earlier 1990s issues from which Perry developed the series, because when it originally came to Antarctic Press, it was um, small little strips that weren't even colored, that they were just black and white inks. If one takes all of those into account... Gold Digger holds the distinction for being the longest-running, entirely original, creator-owned, and controlled ongoing comic book publication in North America. Wow. That is something that hardly anyone can hold such a candle to nowadays. And this is really weird because I've been reading manga for a while now, and I'm really big into indie comics, and I have heard of Gold Digger, but I've never seen any artwork I've never seen a comic. I think I've came across it once when I am on the myanimelist.net, and I think it came on there with for one of my suggestions. I've and you I've, ne- but you never actually took the time to delve into it before. No, right? not at all. I and bet I don't you. Know I bet you will now. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's oh, oh, that's just absolutely wonderful. In a day and age, though, I mean, just that distinction alone that Fred Perry has right there, when you have so many probably let's just call it like it is, many other maybe famous artists out there that are doing their work that don't necessarily even own the characters that they're either drawing or they're writing for if they're working for the big two. For Fred Perry to have this kind of distinction and be able to own the universe that he has created and to be able to make the stories that he has and do everything on his own, he 
himself and only himself. That is really saying something, people. That is something that he should be proud of and something that people should aspire to if you're ever really looking into wanting to read more indie independent label comics. I mean, this is the quintessential example. It's currently um, contained inside of 39 collected editions as well as three DVD ROM collections and even one full-length anime slash manga OVA movie. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I don't, I don't know the details of what the title is, but it is something that um, that you can find if you if you look online about it. Consider- I know what Tyler's going to do now. <laughs> Considered it watched. Consider it bought and watched, probably. <laughs> so I tried finding this on Amazon or eBay, and I could not find it, uh, especially the first three volumes. The first volume was going for $80. I think yeah. the second one was going for 60 They never reprinted it. Yeah, that that's that, that I think it's because that that was considered a collector's item. But it's real funny that they wouldn't try to make more printings of it, especially nowadays. But I think it panders to just what the fans want. It is kind of strange, but then again, it's not entirely surprising that at least maybe the first three volumes aren't really in that kind of uh, circulation. Because, you know, those were back in the day. And you have to understand, this book started back in July of 1999 as well. Yeah. Real hard-pressed to try to find collected editions of things from the 90s. Unless it's something like the Big Two, which they reprint stuff all the time. Which, that's just in their nature. But this is an independent comic. It's an independent label. And furthermore, this is a guy that owns this universe. He Maybe it was even a decision on his part. I mean, who, oh, kno- I mean, who knows? Make a huge like edition of it. Just have a compendium. Yeah, a compendium. Exactly. Walking Dead. Yes. Yes. Just like Walking Dead. Like have like maybe the first fifty issues in one thick compendium yeah. right there, and then even have, Bone. Bone has its own compendium. Oh yeah, exactly. I think that I I would love it if Gold Digger actually got a compendium. Yep. So Fred Perry, if you're listening to this, I hope you maybe you give a suggestion to Antarctic Tomorrow to have something like this done because I think it's actually sorely needed. Hashtag compendium. Hashtag compendium. Yes, you heard <laughs> it right here. Let's go ahead and look at this particular guy right here. Let's look at Fred Perry for our creator spotlight of Who Dat. Now Fred Perry is a comic book artist, writer, and creator most well known for his creation of Gina Diggers and her world in the Gold Diggers universe. He's worked on other things in the past, but that is probably what his magnum opus is more than anything. He was greatly influenced artistically at a young age by both the Avengers and the X-Men. He's also a Gulf War veteran. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, that's just cool. Oh, okay. (laughs) And it's significant since it was in that particular war where much of his inspiration for Gold Diggers came from. As as well as honing his artistic ability all the more, because he found that by doing sketches for guys, he would get paid in return, not so much with cash, but with things like snacks and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, things that are traded among, uh, among war buddies during wartime. Now, his first published work was called Ninja High School Yearbook Number no. 1 for Antarctic Press. That is a great title. That is just, <laughs> that's just an amazing title. That just How could that not be fun? Oh, that would be just amazing. And to be honest, I've tried to find that. That's I think that's even more difficult to find than Volume 1 of Gold Diggers to Considered be quite honest. Considered it at least oh, yes. or looked into. Exactly, <laughs> looked into. But he's also attained consistent work with other labels such as Eternity Comics, specifically for Eternity inking pages for the titles known as Robotech. Oh, wow. 
And he also did pencils for Tom Corbett's Space Cadet, which is one of my favorite works, actually. I did not know before looking more into this that he was a penciler for for Space Cadet. I'll actually I need to have find to go, that. I'll have, I'll have to go back and see what I can find out of that. I've never heard of that one. Oh, you'd love it, Tyler. You would love it. Especially if you're into especially if you if you're into space adventure type stuff. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Now Eventually, he came to work for Cyber Knights for Eternity, as well as continuing to hone up his artistic skills while he was uh, studying up in uh, Virginia, which is his, which is where he was born and raised. And he has experimented with non-comics work as well. He's done a little production animation, both traditional as well as flash-based. But this guy truly takes the cake when it comes to the quintessential comic creator, guys. This guy created a universe that is still lasting to this day. And like I said, Gold Diggers is going to be celebrating its 16th anniversary come next month. And 223 issues is not something to really be laughing about, guys. That is a lot of issues in a day and age where most ongoings nowadays barely make it past issue 30, if they're lucky. Good job, Fred Perry. Oh, yes. Good job, Fred Perry. That is such a great honor. And like kind of like this really, really cool thing, what you've done for independent comics, especially for an American manga. Exactly. This guy is just, he has an honor right there. I mean, I think he should definitely be like, I mean, if there ever was such a thing as like a comics hall of fame or something like that, I mean, he should definitely get in there some, someday. I mean, I consider him almost like the modern day Siegel and Schuster, except in his case, he didn't get screwed by, by people that he was working for. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. I hope he never does. And hope he never does. And I hope we can see I hope we see 223 more issues of Gold Diggers in the future. I hope this thing goes on for a long time. Me too. And with him at the helm, you know that it's continu- it's going to continue to stay the same story. It's going to stay consistent. The artwork is going to be maintained just the same. There's going to be no surprises. There's going to be no changes. Everything is going to be perfect. And that's just how I like it, and that is what we are looking at in Who Dat of Fred Perry today. Well, anyway, thanks for tuning in. You can check out our other shows and offerings available on iTunes and Podbean.com. Please rate and review us. Please send any comments or questions to the Grand Geek Gathering at gmail.com. Stay updated and informed by following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch TV. This show has been brought to you by the Grand Geek Gathering Network. Have a great week and G-G-G! G-G-G! Fred Perry. <laughs>